I'm going to read from Scripture here this morning. I do have a message from the Word of God. We've been talking about fear and, again, kind of the circumstance that we're in right now. Of course, if you look around there, at least societally, there is reason for angst and uh, fear. But because we serve the Lord, we've got a foundation that we build our lives on that we don't have to live in fear. As a matter of fact, it's not God's will that we live on a foundation of fear. I am talking primarily to saints of the living God, which means we don't build our life on fear. We build our life on faith. A confidence, rock solid, that our God, no matter what happens, he is always in control. It says, before his throne is a sea as of crystal glass. You've got to know there's no tumult in front of the throne of God. Everything's under control. Amen. I'm going to read out Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. And I'll start reading in verse number 10 through verse number 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Look around your neighbor and say, this is no time to be weak. Come on, we need to be strong in the Lord. That's where our strength lies. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Holy Ghost, we need God in this place today. We need God in our lives every day. It's his might. That's what our strength lies in. It lies in the might of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The battle that we are engaging in, saints of God, is not a fleshly battle. We are not fighting human personalities. I think America needs a reminder of this. We're not fighting political ideologies. Well, put on the whole arm of God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high or in heavenly places. We are fighting against spiritual things. Wherefore, because of that, children of God, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. In other words, he's saying, children of God, I want you to make it in the battle that you're in. And that's my wishes and desires as I read these scriptures today. The people that I'm preaching to this morning, I want you to make it in this spiritual battle that you're in. He's saying, you put all this stuff on, and he's going to list these things. And he said, I want you to put it on because I want you to win this spiritual battle. hate to give you the bad news, but there's going to be people that don't win the spiritual battle. And I don't want to be in that midst. I want to win the spiritual battle. He said, so stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, And he says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 
And after you take all the armor on, we need to be a praying people. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication, not just for ourselves, but for all saints. We're looking out for the body of Christ as we're in the middle of this spiritual battle. We're looking out for our own soul. We're armoring up, and we're also looking out for the body of Christ at large. I think we ought to widen our prayers sometimes beyond the prayers of me, 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 me to the prayers of the body of Christ and the world that needs the gospel. Amen? Amen. Verse 16, he says, above all, taking the shield of faith. He said, above all, make sure you take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I want to speak this morning on the subject. Of course, we're talking about fear. But I want to talk about the subject this morning that faith extinguishes fear. Faith extinguishes fear. If you've got a Bible, would you close that and lift your voice to the Lord and ask God to talk to us through his word this morning? Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, God, we call on you. We reach out to you. We ask, Lord, the hand of the Lord to be in this house mightily in a powerful way. Speak to us. I pray give the the word that's fit... It fitly in due season for this people for right now, the rhema word of God. And I pray help us to receive faith that will build the word of God that will build our faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Now, children of God, I want to remind us all this morning that the Christian is in a battle. The Christian is in a battle. Now, This is not hyperbole, this is not an exaggeration or an overstatement, but this is a spiritual reality. All of us that are here today under this roof serving God, we are presently in a spiritual battle. We are at war. And if you're going to win a war and you're going to win a battle, you've got to be engaged in that battle. You've got to be all in. You've got to be fully committed, and you've got to be fully prepared for whatever comes your way. Because whether you realize this or not, you have an enemy that's, that's not on vacation. We've got an enemy that wants to take us out. And my goal in the name of Jesus, I'm looking for that upward prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that high calling, that upward calling? There's a calling that is upon every single one of us. It's an upward calling. You know what that upward calling is? That when the rapture happens and when my my time comes, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. That when it's my time and God calls my name, be it the rapture or be it by death, that I want to be ready on that moment. Holy Ghost, help me today that God calls me home. Now, I'm not prophesying woe and doom today. I am going to tell you this, that none of us know when that day and that time is going to come. I've seen many young people that, you know, when you're young, you have that feeling, that aura of invincibility that I'm going to, I'm going to live forever. As you start to get older and you have a health crisis or two, you, you realize that, you know, there's frailty in life. And like David said, there's just a step between me and death. And I know, and and we've heard stories of the young person that was 20 years old that died in a car accident. Or the person that maybe had a disease when they're young. And we don't know when our time is that God's going to call us home. 
But I feel to remind somebody here this morning that you want to be ready when Jesus Christ calls you home. You can't die and then make things right. The Bible says some men's sins go beforehand to judgment and others they follow after. You know what that means? All of us, as long as we're breathing God's fresh air, we have an opportunity today to repent of our sins and say, God, I'm sorry for the way I'm living. I'm sorry I'm living wrong. And Lord, I ask that you forgive me. And he can wash me in his blood and forgive me. And those sins can be sent beforehand to judgment. So that when I stand before the Lord, they're not following after me to judgment. And all of a sudden, i got to answer for all the sins and the de- dirty deeds that were done in my body that I shouldn't have done. And it's too late then. The good news is that I can live for God today. And I can be ready to meet Jesus today. We don't believe in unconditional eternal security. That you can live any way you want to live and go to heaven. But we do believe in conditional eternal security. That I can be right with God. And if Jesus were to call me home today, I could have a confidence that I'm ready to meet Jesus today. Amen. And listen up. Nobody is going to make it to heaven. Nobody is going to make it to heaven and walk on streets of gold. Nobody is going to make it to heaven and see walls of jasper. Nobody is going to make it to heaven and see Jesus Christ face to face. And when they get there, say, I wonder how I got here. You don't make it to heaven accidentally. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. You make it to heaven intentionally. Oh, God, that means you've made up your mind. You have determined yourself. You've set your face like a flint. I'm in a battle, and there's a lot of things that are trying to sway me to the left and to the right. There's a lot of voices that are trying to convince me of things that are not God's will. There's a lot of things that are being shot at me. Come on, American Christians. Every day. There's a lot of adversities that we're facing every day. And if I'm going to make it to serve God and make it to heaven, I'm going to make it to heaven because I determine with God's help that I'm going to live for God until I breathe my last breath. I'm going to live for Jesus. If no one else goes to heaven with me, if I have to, I'll go to heaven by myself. If I've got to have a legion of devils hanging on to my my, my legs trying to hold me back, whatever it takes though, I'm going to make it to heaven to serve God. God, because I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to make it to eternity to serve Jesus. We are soldiers, saints of God. There's no time to be a sissy and a wimp. There are some that used to serve God. They aren't serving God anymore. I say that Sadly, the truth is if every single person in this city, in this area, that made a commitment to God, that bowed at an altar and gave their life to God, repented of their sins, were baptized in Jesus' name, and were filled with the Holy Ghost in this city, if every single person that's had that powerful experience were in service this morning, Dale, we wouldn't have a chair empty in this place 
and there'd be people standing all up and down the aisles and standing outside the door, standing room only, if everybody that made the initial commitment to God was still living for God today. But what I'm telling you is, this thing is a battle. Paul, isn't it? This is a battle. And if you've lived for God long, you know there's some battles you're going to go through. I don't know. That's maybe one of my duties as a minister of the gospel is to give people the fine print. (laughs) The fine print is because you serve God doesn't mean everything is perfect. God's going to, he'll walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. He'll help us in the hard times. But he didn't exempt us from the problems and the adversities and the battle that the devil is waging against us in this life. And there are some that were in the church and they just gave up and they walked out on God. They're not living in the flesh. They're living, just living like any other old sinner. But you can't ever be, it's like, I mean, it's, it, it, it's like Samson of old. Man, once you've had the anointing on your life, you'll never be the same. That drunk and that high will never be the same because you know what the Holy Ghost is about. There are some that are just making money, you know, following their hobbies, their party, and they're just living life without commitment to God. Unfortunately, there are some that have succumbed to the perilous battles of this life, and they're not living for God anymore now. My wife and I were on the road last week, and we were traveling up to the North Shore and, and uh, saw some of the colors up there in the afternoon. It was a beautiful day, and as we were coming through, it popped into her mind somebody that used to attend our church, and she sent a text to them, and they texted her back and said, you know, we're not, I'm not interested in River of Life anymore. And there they are. They're not living for God anymore. There's many that used to serve the Lord that aren't serving the Lord anymore. But I'm so thankful this morning that there are many that have still staying true to their God. There are many mm, that are still engaging in this spiritual battle. There are many that are still winning in this spiritual battle that have determined with God's help to continue to serve the Lord. And if that is you, you recognize that you have had to learn that this thing called living for God is a battle. It's a battle. It is a battle. Amen. 2 Timothy 2 and 3, Paul said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness. You know what that means? Sometimes living for God is hard. Hardness. There's challenges that come. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a, can you say it with me? Soldier. Put your hand up and say, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. 1 Timothy 1 and 18, This charge I committed unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that by these prophecies, by these words of affirmation in your life, that by them you mightest war a good warfare. This is not a bad warfare, though. That's the good news. It's a good warfare. This is a good warfare. So, children of God, we're in a battle. 
children of God, we are in an all-out war. It is a reality. And if you and I live for God, we adjust our lives and prepare for this eventual reality. So as we live life, there's going to be relationship challenges that we have. As we live life, there's going to be loneliness. There's going to be sin that we have to fight against sometimes. We are living, and this is not anything new. We can't cry and whine because we're in 21st century America. We're living in an anti-God society as it has always been. Society, by and large, is anti-God. You have an enemy called the devil. You've got workplace challenges. Some of you know what this is about. Olivia, you know what it's about to be in the battle, to be in the thick in the heat of the war. Jay Peterson, you know what it's like to be in the middle of the battle. But isn't it good to be on the good side of things? I'd rather be in the battle living for God than to quit and just be in the world on my way to hell. And children of God, we can't be surprised when tough things come our way because this is a battle. As a matter of fact, a soldier expects hardship. A soldier expects adversity. A soldier expects uh, challenges. As a matter of fact, it's innate in the calling of being a soldier that you're built for battle. You're built for war. But I've got good news this morning. And the good news is that God has not left us in this battle alone by ourselves. God has not left us helpless. He has not left us hopeless. We are not by ourselves. We are not destined for defeat. We are destined for victory in Jesus' name. Not only that, the good news is God has equipped us for the battle that we're in. He's given us the tools that we need to win the spiritual battles that we are in. 2 Corinthians, watch what Paul said. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves of these things, that the battles that we're going through, they're not flesh battles. They're not personality battles. They're not political battles. Hello? They're not political battles. It's not about the elephant or the donkey. It's about the lamb. Huh? It's about the lamb of God. That's, that's the battle. That's the battle that we're in. We don't war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, hallelujah. A saint of God, you need to just kind of pull your shoulders back a little bit. You need to lift your chin up a little bit and say, the weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. I'm in the battle right now, but my God has equipped me for the battle. 
My God has given me what I need that I can war a good warfare in Jesus Christ. I got weapons of my warfare. My weapons are not weak, but my weapons are powerful. They are spiritual. My weapons are going to make me more than a conqueror through him that loved me. The weapons that God gave me, though I'm in the heat of the battle, are going to give me power over the spirits that are trying to lie in my ears and the adversities that are trying to take me out. I can square my shoulders and say, with the help of God, I've got everything I need to win in this spiritual battle and to come out on top in Jesus' name. So any police officer, let's talk about the police officers for a little while. Folks, listen up. The majority of the times, the things that are happening in the natural are emblematic of what is taking place in the spiritual. Listen. Sometimes the things that you see happening in the world are things that are a result of of what are happening in the spirit. So, I mean, this is not just about defunding the police. If that is not the most ignorant, stupid, brainless thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Defund the police. That makes sense. Cities are burning and people are looting and and criminals are just waiting in the wings in the darkness. Let's take the police out of the equation. That makes a lot of sense. Defund the police. That's the same thing. There's a spirit that's behind that. Do you get that? That's a spirit of rebellion. That's an anti-authority spirit. The devil would like that. The devil would love nothing more than for people not to be armed, for people not to serve and protect. I thank God for police officers, and I thank God for their role in our society, and I thank God for the protection they they give to me. And I teach my children what a blessing it is that there are police officers in the world. Thank God for that. Defund the police. But any police officer, he has training that he goes through. He's got a service belt that he's given. They give him special boots. Uh, He gets a special flashlight. He gets mace. Uh, He's got a special gun on his hips. Uh, He's got uh, 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 handcuffs. Uh, He's got all the tools that he needs that if something comes up, that he has got the preparations that are needed so that he can handle whatever comes his way. Can I tell you, children of God, that God's given us everything that we need. He's given us the tools. We're not walking into this spiritual battle without the tools that we need. He said, I've given you a good armor. He said, I've given you weapons of warfare. He said, I've given you a belt of truth. He said, I've given you a breastplate of righteousness. I've given you gospel peace shoes. He said, I've given you a helmet of salvation. I've given you a sword of the Spirit. He said, I've given you everything you need. And on top of all these things, he said, above all. He said, above all. He said, taking the shield of faith. He said, I've given you everything you need in this battle. And one of the most important things you need in this battle, he said, you take that shield of faith uh, because there's an enemy that's shooting all kinds of things at your life. Every day that you live, he's shooting things at you. There are stuff, and I got to thinking about this as I was studying this scripture. There are things as I got to thinking about this, I want you to think. Every single day that we live, every day that we live, from the morning until we lay our head on our pillow at night, throughout that day, 
there are things that are being shot at you and they're being shot at me. Now, a lot of times, we're just like, oh, that's me. Oh, that was that mean person. Oh, that was, you know, that was the, that was the stupid media. Oh, that was that. But no, there are things that are being shot at us every single day. There are things that are flying at us every day. Life sometimes just happens. Pain, emotional, physical, mental, aging issues, health crisis, problems. We're talking about real life stuff that happens. Marital issues and kid problems and financial struggles. And you know, not everything is the devil. <laughs> not everything is the devil. Some things are just life. But I will tell you this, that an opportunistic devil will take life and he'll try to use life against you. So you're dealing with life. You're dealing with the problems of life. And the enemy will come and perch up on your shoulders and say, see there if God really loved you. See, there you are. You've served God all your life. You've paid your tithes. You've lived faithful. You've, you've lived a righteous life. And look at You've lived for God. And look at you right there. Look, look at what you're going through. Life happens. But there's an opportunistic enemy that is there that is just trying to twist and contort and shoot things at you and misrepresent the nature of the good God that we serve. The world, society, Culture wants your heart. Stuff is getting shot at you every single day. Twitter wars are happening. Stuff is getting shot at you. Presidential debates are happening. I don't know if I want to tell you about it, Daryl. I'm trying to forget that ever happened. I'm trying to recover from that. I tell you who, I'm voting for Jesus, man. <laughs> Let all those other guys fight it out in the ring. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote biblical issues, but I'm voting for Jesus. I'm voting for revival. I'm voting for a Holy Ghost outpouring. I'm voting for community transformation. I'm, I'm voting for the name of Jesus to be glorified. Stuff's flying at you, temptations. Hey, why don't you just be dishonest on the job? Nobody will know. Nobody will ever know. Whenever that thought comes into your head, you know that's not God. Nobody will ever find out. Why don't you just gossip and run your mouth? I mean, you know, the tantalizing sin that's laid before you that nobody's ever going to find out about. But, oh, God knows about it. Accusation and lies and sin and lust, rage and anger and sex and bitterness and offenses. And one of the tactics that the enemy also uses in addition to all these things We've been talking about it for weeks now. Fear. Man, what are we going to do about this? What am I, oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Man, the kids are, oh, what do they call it? The kids are hybrid now. Oh, man. What are we going to do? Who's going to watch the kids? What's going to happen with their finances? Fear, fear, fear. All these things are being shot at you. Can I remind us, children of God, today that you need a shield? You got stuff that's being shot at you every day. You and I need, we need a, we need a shield. We need a shield. I'm praying. I need, I need a shield because stuff's being shot at me every single day. I want you to think about it. In the last 24 hours, what things have been shot at you? Come on, we're all human here. Let's be very human. Let's be very real here today. I'll tell you right now.
in the past week, I'll tell you there are things as I stopped and began to evaluate things that all of a sudden, you know, it's just a thought or it's just a word that was spoken or something that was done and all of a sudden it just starts burning and you think about it. Isn't it amazing that the devil wants our human nature to step in and all of a sudden a molehill begins to become a mountain? And it wasn't just what was done. It's how you start thinking about the motives of why it was done and how it happened and what took place. And before you know it, there's a dart that's trying to sink into your life that is validating the fact that I need a shield in my life. I'm taking my shield. Cover me, oh God. I've got to look to God in my life because the shield is my faith in God. Jesus. And my faith is not in my faith. It's important we talk about faith. It's, you know, it's about faith. Well, really, when you talk about faith, what is faith? What, what, what is faith? I know it's the substance of things over for the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? What does that mean? Really, faith is the closest distance between me and God. Faith is a trust in the Lord. The shield of faith is an understanding that my life is in the hands of God. My body is in the hands of God. My soul is in the hands of God. This situation is in the hands of God. What I'm going through right now is in the hands of God. And when I'm getting shot at and all kinds of stuff is being thrown at me, every stinking thing but the kitchen sink is being thrown at me, and I'm in the furious battle, I've got to remind myself, I've got to lift up a shield that says, I've got confidence in God. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but I do know who, and it's my God. I've got a God that's on my side. I've got a God that's on my side, and that God is going to help me. It's my shield. Stuff is even it may be happening right now as we're sitting here in church. Stuff. You're like you're in the middle of service, and where did that thought come from? How in the world could I? Man, I'm in the presence of God. Don't ever forget that just because you're in the glory of God. Don't forget the Old Testament priest. His nose, as he walked into the Holy of Holies, was in the Shekinah glory of God, but his feet were still in the dirt. Sometimes you could be in the middle of the glory, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this comes. Jesus was in an extended fast. If anybody was close, if anybody was consecrated, anybody was committed, and the verse voice that came into his ears was the voice of the enemy. That's why I need... I need faith in God because the fiery darts, they're not just an arrow, they're a fiery arrow. I want you to think about it. I don't want to get shot with an arrow. I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't go on YouTube, don't YouTube that, please. You don't want to get shot with an arrow. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You don't want to get shot with an arrow. And even more, you don't want to get shot with a fiery arrow. Because a fire arrow, they'd take that dart and they would dip it in bitumen. They would, they would dip it in a, in a flammable substance and they would, they'd light it on fire. And now it's not just a dart, man. That thing's got fire, flames on the end. And that archer is pulling back. And that fiery, it's not just a dart, it's a fiery dart. So when it, 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 it wants to sink into you, it wants to sink into your home. It wants to sink into your family. 
It wants to sink into there, and it doesn't want to just sink in. It doesn't want to just paralyze you. It's on fire. That means that it's not just meant to harm you when it comes into your life. Now it's flaming. Now it's trying to burn everything up in your life. As if, a, as if a dart wasn't bad enough, but it's a fiery dart. It's a dart that's set on fire, that wants to burn your house down, that wants to burn your walk with God down, that wants to not only maim and kill you, but wants to inflict terrible harm upon your life. It is a fiery dart. I want you to think this morning with me about the fiery dart. The fiery darts that come in our lives. What does that mean? What is a fiery dart? What is a... Where would a dart come from? What, I mean, a fiery dart. I mean, it's kind of obscure, isn't it? What is a fiery dart? A fiery dart is a thought that can enter into your mind, right? Wouldn't you say so? Think with me. What's a fiery dart? What, what is a fiery dart? It could be a thought that comes into my life. It could be adversity that comes into my life. Adversity, sickness, pain, problems, trouble. It could be problems that come into my life. It, it, it could be a lie. It could be a person. It could come in the form of a person. Sometimes fiery darts come in the form of a person. Sometimes the devil will send people your way to get you off the beaten path of you living for God. Or, if you're living for God... He wants to mess with you and get you in sin or get you in a place where you're compromised that you begin to at least begin a slow fade in your life. He'll send people your way. Do I need to prove my point? I'll prove my point. Jesus has star disciples. He has disciples that are around him. Peter was the loudmouth. Who could we equate him with? I'm going to leave that alone. He was the outspoken one. He looks at Jesus and said, Jesus, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, my Father which art in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Bravo, Peter. You're on my side. You're one of my main men. In fact, I'm going to use you to preach on the day of Pentecost. And yet a little bit later... We have, he starts talking about Calvary. He starts talking about the cross. He said, you know, there's, I've got to go to a cross. I'm going to give my life a ransom for many. And Peter starts saying, no, Lord, no, 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 you can't do that. No, no, don't sacrifice your life. No, don't do that. No, don't allow that to happen. And Jesus looked at him. You think your pastor gets a little rough sometimes. He looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. You ever been called the devil by a preacher? I didn't think so. Peter was. He was a star disciple. He said, you don't savor the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. You know why? Because sometimes God will, or the devil, the devil will use people to speak things in your life that are completely contrary to the will of God in your life. I'm preaching about darts. What does it mean? What is a dart? What is a dart? I was just reading Thessalonians this week. It's a tremendous book. Thessalonians, I'm listening to it. And Thessalonians say, he said, Take heed that no man trouble you as though by spirit or by letter or by word that the day of Christ has already happened. You know what that was? That was a dart that was shot at the Thessalonian church. Listen up. It was a dart of false doctrine. There were false teachers that were shooting darts. And he's saying, those darts, if you receive those darts, they are going to make your spiritual life miserable and they're going to make you fail in your walk with God. That's why when the darts come, 
What we got to have is a faith that extinguishes the darts that come into our life. Because fiery darts will come to one and they will come to all. They will come to the church. They will come into your life. They will come unwelcome and they will come unbidden. You're like, man, I'm just trying to do good. <laughs> just trying to live for Jesus. Just trying to be, you know, good. Just trying to be what God wants me to be. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there it shows up. I didn't deserve this. You're a soldier. Adversity that comes your way, it's not a matter of being deserved. It's a matter of you've got an enemy. I'll tell you one of the great darts that gets shot into people's lives. You know one great dart that gets shot into people's lives? Fear. Fear strikes. What's a panic attack? That's, that's fear. Oh, man, I forgot it. I forgot it. I was going to bring my list. I had a list of phobias. Oh, man, I wish I had it. There's like a hundred of them. You can't even imagine all the fears that are out there. Phobia this and phobia that. Phobias about everything, man. Phobias of needles. I'm like, hey, man, I think I got a phobia like that. Caleb had a phobia like that. He freaked out, man, as a kid. Give him a shot. Ah! He had a phobia. Phobias. All these fears. These fears that are shooting in. All you've got to do is look at our present generation right now. This generation has got a massive anxiety issue. It's, it's everywhere. Men's hearts failing them for fear, anxiety. It's everywhere. These dots are, darts are being shot into people's lives. Because listen, very closely, God operates with faith and the devil operates with fear. He wants to captivate a generation and break a generation down so that they are living in abject terror and fear because fear will change you. Fear will make you into something different. Fear will take all of your boldness. Fear will take all of your confidence. That's, that, that's what the enemy's trying to do. Dare we even go into the coronavirus conversation? We're there, aren't we? It's there. We're not foolish. We're not, we understand it's a reality. I'm not saying it's the flu. It's not the same thing. And people that say that don't know what they're talking about. I'm sorry. It's not the same as the flu. It is very deadly to certain segments of society. That's why we, we, we should, I think, be careful of the vulnerable. We should do our best. So if you're 70-plus years old and you've got compromised health issues, then it's Okay, but here's the point. You allow me to say this? They say, like, if you get it, like, under 70 years old, it's like 99.99995. I wanted the numbers. You're supposed to get me the numbers. You forgot that. I'll put it on your base camp. We'll get that next time. The exact numbers. In other words, if there was, like, 10,000 people in the room, I don't know if that's an exaggeration. I like to be accurate. That's why I want the numbers. There's 1,000 people in the room that got it. It's just a small, small percentage. 10,000 people in the room. There's only probably, there's a very small percentage of people that are going to die with this. But you know what? If you're not careful, it'll get into your head. If you're not among the vulnerable population, oh, my goodness. Oh, what are we going to do? Ah, oh, oh, lather up, man. Lather up. Freak out. No, we'll be wise. We're going to do that. That's okay. But we are not going to live in fear. We cannot live in fear. We will be wise. Yes, 
but we will not. I'm not afraid of this thing because when it's my time to go, ain't nobody going to stop that from happening. And if it's not my time to go, there's nothing that can take me out but what God will allow to come my way and to take me out. And when that day comes, so be it. But until then, I'm not going to live by fear. You can't. Just this past week, we had, uh, you may have heard the story I, uh, I brought up on a 9 o'clock. Rick Moranis, I think was his name. He's a famous actor. He's in, he's in New York City, and he's, he's in a, uh, I think it was a subway. There's no other people around. They caught it on video. It's a very grainy video. But, he, he, you know, he's walking along in the subway, and out of nowhere, this guy runs up and just pow and sucker punches him. They got no idea why. They're trying to track down what happened. This guy just ran up and just went pow and sucker punched him. And I'm like, welcome to being a Christian. It's true. The fiery darts, sometimes you get sucker punched. You know what I'm talking about? The arrows, where'd that come from? What in the world? What's that all about? There are fiery trials, illness and tragedies and persecution and Satan's emissaries that will launch arrows of doubt about the goodness of God and arrows of rejection and criticism and hypocrisy and arrows of pride and arrows of vanity and arrows of self-will, revenge and bitterness and all of these things that are coming our way. But listen, God gave us a shield. These things are flying at us, but thank God, I've got a shield. I can't be exempted from the things that are flying at me, but thank God, I have a shield. And the shield that he talks about in this particular scripture, it's a certain Greek word. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> the shield was not one of those little round jobs. They have those little round portable little shields. I think Andrew did a good job on this thing. My goodness, he needs to be in the shield-making business. Barrow. This is a shield. The shield was approximately two and a half feet wide, and it was actually taller than this. It was about four foot tall, two and a half feet wide by four foot tall. It was like a door. In fact, the Greek word, it means door. And what, what uh, Roman mothers would say to their, their Roman soldier sons is take that shield with you, son, and either use that shield or be brought home on that shield. In other words, it was big enough that you, that shield was going to save your life or that shield they were going to use to carry your body back home. It was, a, it was a big old shield. It was massive. It was powerful. So that when the enemy began to shoot at you, that shield, it would also be covered with a, with a hide of an animal. It was a thick animal skin that would go on the outside of that. Because not only is the shield supposed to catch all the darts, listen up, it's supposed to extinguish all of the doubt, darts. It's supposed to quench the fiery darts. So in other words, when that dart went into the faith, it didn't just sink into it, it it put that fire out right now. The faith put the fire out. The faith extinguished the fire. The faith stopped the fire. The faith smothered the fire. The faith choked the fire. The faith buried the fire. Because faith is our fire extinguisher. The 
pennies in there. Don't worry. There's no uh-oh. Come on. If there's a fire, Dave Hall, you want to be able to put that fire out right now. Faith puts the fire out. Faith quenches the fiery darts of the wicked. I think God's people, when stuff gets thrown at you, we got to be like that saying says, like water off a duck's back. Instead of of being like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Oh, 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 I'm going to bite my fingernails off to my elbow. Oh, worry, worry, fear, what now? Ha, ha, ha. Like we ought to just relax a little bit. Because faith extinguishes the fiery darts of the wicked. It's like those, I highly recommend that you never watch horror movies. I hate Halloween. Halloween's stupid. I'm sorry. I mean, you dig it, cool, whatever. I just don't like witches and goblins and spirits and stupid stuff and fear and flying little things. (laughs) Beelzebub. Lord of the Flies. Anyway, squirrel. Horror movies, right? Horror movies. If you think about the horror movies, whenever it comes up to that really scary moment, there's all of a sudden, there's normally some kind of music that plays in the background. Boom. You're like, oh, freaky. You know what's crazy? You take one of those stupid, stupid movies and you take that soundtrack out of it and you watch it. Then you watch the scene and you're like, that's stupid. That's dumb. It's like, what a foolish, stupid little scene. But they add the soundtrack in there. The boom. That's kind of what fear is. Fear is like the soundtrack. It amplifies and magnifies the worst of the worst. Fear is faith in reverse. It magnifies all the worst case scenarios of the bad things that could happen, while faith says, what if God gets involved? What if the Lord steps in? What could happen with this if God had his way? What's the good that comes? I mean, we don't live by Murphy's law. Come on, saints of God. We live by Jesus' law. <laughs> Everything bad that could happen will happen. It will happen at the most inopportune time. What a great way to live life. Okay, Eeyore. No, I thought we were supposed to be living for God. Can't God make, I mean, we know that we can't, but couldn't God do something with this? And then our faith, our faith begins to take over. Look at what the Lord could do with this. Because our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is in our God. Our faith is in our God. That the Lord could do something with this. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I've got to know that when I'm in the thick of the battle, that I've got God with me. I am not alone. Come on, I'm trusting in the Lord. I've got faith in God. God is with me. God is helping when I was a kid, B.C., before Jesus, before Jesus, I was a rock and roller, believe it or not. I was a long-haired. I really look like that, right? Jesus changes people's lives. So I was 14 years old, and it was my dad's birthday. And for my dad's birthday, I bought him two tickets to a Motley Crue concert. See what I did there? Terrible place to go. Terrible place to be. I don't even know. Wow. You look back after you serve God and you look back at the way you used to live and you're like, what kind of idiot, moron, stupid head, 
you got to be, I mean, really? Just craziness. But the thing is, when I showed up at that concert with my dad, now, this is what you got to know about my dad. My dad, he was about 5'11", probably 200 pounds of lean, mean fighting machine, ex-Green Beret in the Special Forces. He was on a Halo team. He jumped out of airplanes 30,000 feet with oxygen. He was the... Uh, they actually trained him during Vietnam times, him and a small group that would go in, and he would train the Viet Cong. That was his, that was his job, to train the Viet Cong. That was, and so he was a demo guy. He blew stuff up for a living. I don't got time to tell you all the stories. If he's here, don't worry. He'll tell you all the stories. <laughs> so, you know, he was, a, he was a special force guy. And then when he got out of the, out of the, the military, he, he uh, got into Taekwondo. He was a third-degree black belt. He was a president of a business. I'm just saying this. He was bad to the bone. He's almost 70 years old, and he's still pretty bad to the bone. And if you don't believe him, just ask him. When I was a kid, I'd start getting lippy with him. And he'd say, anytime you feel froggy, you just leave. <laughs> he meant it. He meant it. He'd knock your head off and not even think twice about it. So, to my point, I show up at this wax, Joe Louis Arena, this, this crazy place. I mean, I'd never been to a concert before. The creeps come out at night. I mean, weird people, weird people everywhere, great big, tall, huge, weird people. This one guy I mentioned, he was like Joe Stewart's size. He's like six. Well, he was taller than Joe Stewart. Probably six, 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 seven leathers. And I think he had a mohawk. And I'm like, that dude's a freak. Whoa, and I'm freaked out. But you know what? I have my dad by my side. He's Chuck Norris. <laughs> and as long as I got dad by my side, I ain't worried about nobody. Because <laughs> he'd fight, and he'd fight right now. And as long as I got dad with me, because I walked in his shadow, and I walked in the shadow of his protection. Can I give you a scripture? Psalm 27 and 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though in host, though I'm ganged up against, and though in host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. For the Lord is my light and my salvation. I've got a God that's on my side. I've got a God that's on my side. And whatever comes my way and whatever gets shot at me, I've got a God that can extinguish whatever comes against me because I've got a God that's on my side. And he is my protection. I want you to know, child of God, he's got you covered. I know it's cliche, but you know it's very true. I don't profess to know the future, but I knew, know who holds the future. One thing that we can talk about with the future that all of us could say, it is unknown. We don't know. We don't know what the future brings. I love this famous poem. It's called The Gate of the Year. 
the writer actually gave it a different title and called it God Knows. Famous poem. Said, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. He led me toward the hills and the breaking of the day in the lone east. So heart be still. What need our human life to know if God hath comprehension? He said, put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better to you than light. And finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. What are you preaching today? What I'm preaching is wherever you are, whatever you're going through, wherever you are in this journey called life, put your hand into the hand of an all-knowing God and walk into the unknown. He is in control. And someone said, those that see God's hand in everything best leave everything in God's hand. And so the elder minister, as the years of his life were fading away, was earnestly praying and the prayer that he prayed in such wonderful simplicity, it was heard from his lips. He said, and I quote, I put my tiny little hand into your big, big hand. I want you to remember today, God is alive. God is well. God is awake. God is aware. God is in control. God is alert. God is active. And God is on your side. God is on our side. And may we learn, as the people of God, may we learn how to rely upon God. We're going to rely upon God. We're going to rely, rely upon God things are being shot at you that want to try to take you out of this battle, you listen to me, child of God. Don't you let anything take you out of this battle. Till you breathe your last breath, you make a determination. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to put my confidence in God. And when a bunch of junk is getting shot at me, I'm going to square my shoulders. I'm going to put a smile on my face and I'm going to look heavenward to God. The Lord is the keeper of my life. I will trust in the Lord. Stand together with me this morning. Can we throw our hands in the air right now? And I want you from the depths of your heart, I want you to express, I want you to express that to your God today. I want you to express, Lord, I'm going to believe in you. If like Job, I stand in a place where the skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. If I look around and things are maybe being stripped from my life and I'm in a season of, I'm 
not in a season of gaining, but I'm in a season of losing. I will say the Lord giveth. I will also say the Lord taketh away. But I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And whether you're given or whether you're taken, I'm going to bless the name of the Lord. When I find myself in the lowest, darkest night of my life, I'm going to do like Job did. I'm going to fall on my face and I'm going to worship because God, my faith is in you. My trust is in you and I will not fear in Jesus' name. Let's magnify the Lord today. Oh.